sound familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. A mother's breastfeeding experience changes drastically over time, starting from her child's birth throughout the months of her baby's life. Today, we continue our conversation in our series called Breastfeeding Expectations. Over 12 months, we are following three new mothers along their breastfeeding journeys, learning how they cope with breastfeeding challenges and settle into a breastfeeding rhythm with their babies. This is The Boob Group, Episode 47. Breast milk, it does a baby good. Silly daddy, boobs are for babies. I make milk, what's your superpower? If my breastfeeding offends you, put a blanket over your head. Dairy diva, don't be lactose intolerant. Nursing nature's own breast enhancement. Meals on heels. Whoever said there's no use crying over spilled milk, never had to pump. Breast milk, all udders are inferior. Whatever your point of view, we're here to support your breastfeeding goals. We're the boob group, because mothers know breast. Welcome to the Boob Group, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. I'm your host, Robin Kaplan. I'm also a certified lactation consultant and owner of the San Diego Breastfeeding Center. At the Boob Group, we're your online support group for all things related to breastfeeding. Have you signed up for our newsletter yet? This is one of the best ways to stay informed about our new episodes, giveaways, and blog posts. Also, if you sign up today, you will be entered into our giveaway for a free month membership to our Boob Group Club, which gives you access to all of our archived episodes. Now it's time for me to introduce our lovely moms who will be following for only three more months. I can't believe it. So, um, Annie, you want to get started? Sure. I'm Annie. I am 36 years old. What else am I supposed to tell you about? (laughs) Uh, How old your baby is? I'm an architect. (laughs) And um, Ellie is 10 months old-ish. Jen. I'm Jennifer Oliver. I'm 34. I work in arts education administration. I have two kids. Uh, Fiona is three and Bryson is eight months. Awesome. And Cherry, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, I'm Cherry. I'm 32 uh, as of two hours ago. Happy (laughs) birthday! (laughs) 32 and two hours old. And um, I have one daughter, her name is Callie, and she's going to be nine months in just a couple days. Awesome. And we have an an extra special guest in the studio today. Um, We have one of my favorite colleagues in San Diego. This is Dawn Dickerson. She is an international board certified lactation consultant and owner of Mamas and Milk, uh, which is um, an all-service lactation and prenatal, postpartum, yoga, you name it. Dawn does it. Um, But we brought Dawn in because Dawn um, is nursing her now. How old is your son? Uh, Two and a half. Two and a half. And so Dawn is our cheerleader for today to help us get through um, these next couple months to get through to your goal, if if not for longer. As you can see, Dawn is is managing it even (laughs) for longer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we will be right back. 
Sound familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. Before we get started, here's a question from one of our listeners. Hi, this is Samantha calling from Rhode Island, and I have a question for the boob group. My question involves my two-month-old newborn. I did a really good job when my son was first born of pumping in addition to feeding him directly just to store up extra milk so I could freeze it and always have it on hand just in case I wasn't around if my son needed to eat. Well, we just had some friends come into town and... I didn't realize this at the time, but apparently all of my extra breast milk was used um, while we were in town. And I went to look in the freezer and I have one bag left. And I'm kind of freaking out about this because right now I'm really just producing enough for my son. I haven't pumped at least in probably a month or so. So the question to you is, is there a quick and easy way to increase your milk supply in this type of situation if I want to just basically replenish the extra milk that I had in my freezer. I've heard about herbal pills that you can get, things that are all natural um, to increase your milk supply. I also know that frequent pumping does increase your milk supply. I just don't know how quickly all this takes effect. And like I said, I'd really like to stock up my supply as quickly as possible. So if you have any ideas, I would love to hear them. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Hi, Boob Group listeners. This is Veronica Tingvon, International Board Certified Lactation Consultant and owner of the Original Comfort Food Lactation Services in San Diego, California. Well, your question is a very common question, and, um, you know, there really is no magic pill that just, boom, gives you instant milk that's going to help you restore the supply that you had built up initially. Really, honestly, pumping is going to do it. You can take some herbs. Uh, like fenugreek or um, blessed thistle, um, concoctions of, of herbs that might contain um, shatavari or goat's rue um, with fenugreek and, and um, let's see, blessed thistle and uh, also sometimes the um, anise um, helps out. You can do teas and tinctures. Um, You can even eat foods that are high in um, lactogenic properties like oatmeal and alfalfa. All of those things are great and wonderful, and they really do help to beef up that well-established milk supply. But they're not going to make you really produce a whole heck of a lot more, not to where you're going to be pumping and pumping and pumping droves and droves and droves of milk. Um, it'll help you pump a little bit more than normal, and, and that's pretty much about it. Um, it does help. It does help. Don't get me wrong. Truly, the best advice I can give you is just really pump. 
um, and find a way to pump at about the same time every day. So, for example, let's say your baby eats at 6 o'clock in the morning every day and um, is done around 6.30. Well, at 6.30, go ahead and pump and try to be consistent around that same time because then your body will know to start producing more milk at 6.30 every day and start letting down a little bit more for the pump. I also need to kind of ask the question, well, what do you want all this stored up milk for? Are you going back to work? Um, in your message, you said that you were doing it, um, you were storing up the milk so that you can have, you know, somebody else feed the baby every once in a while. Are you a stay-at-home mom or are you going back to work? Do you really need to have that much stored up milk um, that, you know, that it's stressing you out like this? If you're going to be staying at home, you don't really need it that much. I mean, if you just pump fresh and walk away, that's fine too. Or having just a few bags of stored milk is fine as well if you're doing predominant or the predominant amount of work. Um, but if you are going back to work, obviously you're going to want to have some more stored up milk and then, you know, like I said, just get to it. Start pumping, you know, one, two, maybe even three times a day and try to keep it around the same time frame. I hope that this answers your questions. I'm not discouraging you from taking the herbs. I actually love the herbs. I think they're wonderful. Um, but really the good old-fashioned way is to just pump more um, and, and you'll see a result from that and then add the herbs on top of that and it'll just beef it up that much more. Good luck and I hope this answers your question. Thanks. Bye-bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so today on The Boob Group, we're discussing what Annie, Jen, and Sherry's breastfeeding experiences have been like during their baby's ninth month. So ladies, what is it like to breastfeed an eight to nine month old baby? And what does your breastfeeding relationship look like right now? Um, Annie, you want to start? Sure. Um, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> What's it look like? Uh, what does it look like? Right now, it looks like um, we breastfeed every time I see her because I'm gone full time. So I'm pumping once or twice during the day and my pumping is, the afternoon pumping is starting to get, um, I don't have time for it. Or I'm just sort of getting a little bit lazy and, and I can just f fill it out later, which means then I'm pumping at 11 or 12 o'clock at night yeah. um, and waiting to do that. And then um, pumping in the morning right before, um, or right after I feed her again, so I'm not really helping myself by not by skipping that afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting any extra time. No, exactly. So, um, so that's the struggle where I am is just making sure I have enough for her. But she's getting enough. She's not you she's know, malnourished. Chunk. Yeah. So um, the solids is going really well, um, and the milk supply that I have, and that that balance is fine. So it's just more of maybe figuring out my balance. Yeah. How about you, Jen? Yeah, I was just thinking I have a similar a similar issue in that. Um, I work only a five-hour shift, but I definitely find that sometimes I'm 
doing such a great job and I pump twice in that five hours and then other times I don't pump at all because I'm just going from site to site. So that's probably where the most challenge we have actually turned to formula. Um, I do not have enough in my supply. This is, this is something we just sort of casually adopted and it's sort of this like I don't really talk about it nobody really Aww. tells me about how much they use <laughs> and I'm perfectly okay with that um and um and then he's breastfeeding uh he he's been sick lately so he's been breastfeeding a lot and teething um so he's been breastfeeding a lot I'm not producing much because unfortunately before that he kind of was not really breastfeeding that much he would kind of I, th I think I talked about it um, during our boob group, but he would sort of breastfeed for a little bit. My supply would come down and then he would get distracted and he would be looking around and he would not really be that interested in latching back on. Um, and so we really worked on that, but, but he just wasn't as interested. So now that he's really latching on a lot because he's been sick, um, I don't have that much to provide. So Well, he might actually beef it up a little bit. Yeah, it may be. Yeah. Yeah. That might be happening or he might go back to his ways again once he's starting to feel better. And I'm, I'm really okay with it either way. So he's, he's eating solids. He's doing really well eating solids. He eats uh, three days, I mean, three times a day and super happy about it. He loves his solids. So, <laughs> so we're doing good. Cool. How about you, Cherry? Um, things are, things are going well for us. We, we still haven't introduced solids yet. But Callie is, oh, hello, Callie. She's telling you she enjoys her milk. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we, we, uh, we're doing pretty well. And actually I do, um, have one little update to share since the last time we spoke, which as she randomly, I was just telling Dawn about last night that I finally went out and bought, um, some new nipples for the bottles that we were using. We had a great bottle that she took right away at the beginning, but the nipple was for zero to three months and I had never, ever changed it. And as Kelly's been on the just enough to get by diet while I'm at work taking just a couple ounces from a bottle some days not even taking more than three or five ounces and I skipped ahead and I got a phospho nipple that was um, for six months plus I think and she's taking so much more milk during the day from no way so that because your flow has always been fast yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think I just, like, I never wanted the bottle to be too easy. And, you know, that was the nipple we gave her when she was four weeks old. And I just, I just never changed it. And uh, but it's great to see that she's taking more from, from the bottle. Some days she's taking up to 10 ounces, which is, um, which is really fantastic. And so I'm, I'm really glad about that. But the flip side of that is I was kind of hoping that her increased intake during the day would equal some decreased nursing at night. And I'm not seeing that yet. So it's only been about a week or two with this nipple. So it's brand new and maybe we'll see some shifts. But she still wants to nurse the moment I walk in the door till the moment I leave the following morning and multiple times you know, during the night. And even this morning, I woke up really early to, to head out on vacation today. So I was up at 5.30, which I'm usually not up, but usually at, we're nursing then. And she couldn't go more than 20 minutes in the bed without me, you know, without, until she realized that I wasn't there and where's my milk? And um, <laughs> she woke up and kind of crawled over to me so she could come and, and uh, have some milk. So maybe that'll still, maybe that'll still change, but um, I'm, I'm glad that at least she's getting more during the day. I don't have to worry about that as much. Absolutely. It reduces a little bit of stress on your end. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, so ladies, what has been the easiest part of breastfeeding right now? And what would you say is your most challenging part? How about you, Annie? Uh, I think the easiest um, 
has to do with the fact that she goes from bottle to to nipple just so easily and always has been. So I feel like that's such a blessing. Um, I don't have to worry about her being with other people um, and taking milk from them. Um, and so that that really has been easy. Um, I think the most challenging for me is just the discomfort I've always had on the right side. And now it's something different, which I have to talk to you about, but <laughs> or I can talk about it today. Um, but I've just had the vasospasm issue, and now I think I have um, a cut, which I don't know if it's because of her top two teeth, mm. <laughs> which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but the right one has always been the one that's filled up more and provided more, and so that's the one she really wants, and yeah. so that she goes after it. Um, so that's my challenge right now. Okay. How about you, Jen? I was I was just trying to think of something that I haven't already said. Um, I think that in terms of what's working or what's easy, uh, breastfeeding is pretty. It's pretty easy. I almost always have a letdown. Um, sometimes the wait before the letdown um, and keeping him interested until the letdown happens sometimes gets a little frustrating for him. For him, and I just have to keep talking myself through it. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> um, so that gets a little bit hard. Uh, but I think as a whole, I feel like it's it's all it's all working pretty well. I think the only thing that I'm working with right now, or I just discovered this, um, uh, which is I have a little lump. So um, and it's actually closer to my armpit than my boob. It's kind of in between. So I um, I just discovered this, and now I'm kind of trying not to get too excited about it and just make an appointment and go to the doctor. But that's sort of my challenge right now is I'm kind of aware of that. Yeah, definitely. We, we touch our breasts a lot more. Yes. I mean, either that or when you're a lactation consultant. I literally, I'm, I'm well aware of what's going on in my breasts <laughs> at all times and when they get knots and when they don't and stuff like that. Um, how about you, Cherry? What, what's the easiest part and what's the most challenging right now? Um, I think... You know, I don't know if I would have said this if I had gone before Annie, but Annie kind of made me think about the, you know, the transition from, from bottle to boob. And having heard her say that, I think that that's probably something I can also be very grateful for, that we've always, you know, that's always gone well. She takes the bottle just great from my husband. And in one or two situations where I've needed to give her a bottle, like if we're driving in the car on a long road trip and she wakes up and I, I can't feed her in the car as much as I want to climb over the car seat and do that. <laughs> um, she, she will, she'll take it from me, which I know a lot of people um, struggle to get their baby to take a bottle, let alone from themselves. So that's been, that's been really great. And, you know, we're, we're, we're doing okay. I think, you know, we were struggling a little bit with her being really pinchy and scratchy and bitey. And that's, it has, we have our days, some days that um, it's not a problem and other days it kind of, you know, comes back again. I think I'd say the hard part right now is she just cut her first tooth on the top. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, so I know Callie has kind of been the, the lagger in our little group here in terms <laughs> of teeth. And her first two came in on the bottom and I didn't really have to worry about those so much because I didn't, you know, I wouldn't feel those. But now that the top ones come in, I definitely noticed her kind of grabbing hold of my nipple and using it to rub against her gums like I'm some kind of teething toy. <laughs> we have plenty of, by the way. She's no reason for her to be using me for that. Um, but yeah, so I just had like a little bit of apprehension. She hasn't really bit me yet. She hasn't um, cut me or anything like that. But obviously, this is just kind of like a new era for me to be moving into. And so I'm excited and cautious to see how this changes our relationship if it does. Don, you're shaking your head, nodding your head in in agreement here. What 
what type of advice do you have for this? Um, yeah, my my um, well, both of my kids, but more so my my second, uh, my two and a half year old. He every time he was going through teething, he always changed his latch and pretty much always gave me a little like little stab or yeah. something. Um, and I I think the best thing to remember is that it, it does pass because you know even though it seems like they're teething forever. Um, <laughs> And to really pay attention to that positioning. I feel like hugging in, in the shoulders in and making sure they're nice and tight to your body. I know as, as we progress in our breastfeeding relationships, the longer we do it, the easier it is for them to just latch on themselves and you don't even worry about it. I mean, they'll start doing acrobatics where they're you know, <laughs> spinning around and all that. And you're like, yeah, it's fine. Uh, but But really... Reminding them that the position, the positioning is important, and then also for you. So back to those first days, remember, hugging the shoulders in and tipping that forehead back, digging the bottom chin in can really help relieve pressure from the t- those top teeth uh, coming in because that's usually, it's, um, once they get past nine months and they, they do first do a little nip or bite and you may get clear that that is not an acceptable way to <laughs> <laughs> to treat the to moves. treat mama. Um, then then they do that a little bit. That 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 isn't necessarily the the issue. Once you get past the first or second or third time they do that, um, and then it's more just the the upper teeth resting on the breast. And so if you can really pay attention to that positioning, um, it can be really really helpful. Cool. Yeah. All right. That's, well, a good, that's a good reminder for me because I know that I've kind of been one where I'm like, oh, we can breastfeed anyhow. And I definitely hold her differently. And sometimes she's just crawling over to me and grabbing on when I'm not even holding her. So that's definitely a good reminder for me to maybe pay more attention to that. Right, right. And I, st- I still, like at two and a half, still have to remind him. I'm like, that that hurt. Yeah. Ouch. And he said, I be careful, mama. I be careful. Mama. I said, yeah, you have to be careful because <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> so. All right. Well, when we come back, Annie, Jen, and Cherry will be discussing keeping up their milk supply and how to keep going to meet their goal of breastfeeding for a year. We'll be right back. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So we're back with Annie, Jen, and Cherry, and Dawn uh, discussing how to keep up milk supply and um, what it looks like breastfeeding their eight to nine-month-olds. So Annie, you had mentioned that you have to work pretty hard to keep up your milk supply while being back at work full-time. And I know this is really, really common for lots of working moms. Um, what are you doing, ladies, to keep up your supply since all three of you are back at work? Um, Annie, what are you doing? Well, so right now I'm, <clears throat> let's say on a good day, I'm uh, pumping at work and then so pumping twice and then <laughs> Ellie, Ellie's raising her arms in excitement um, and then when I get home I usually um, pump at 11 or 12 at night if I'm really low which is right around my period then I usually I'll try to pump after I feed her at five or six I'll be drinking some fenugreek tea um, eating oatmeal because I heard that was a good one 
and then um, just trying to stay hydrated. And then when I'm at work and I'm freaking out that I only have an ounce in, in the bottle, I just take a deep breath. I don't know. Um, and then the few days pass and it's back to normal. Right now I don't have any milk in the freezer, so I don't have a reserve. And I've kind of just, okay, here we go. <laughs> and then but you join my club. That's right. That's right. Um, and so that's um, what I've been doing. And I feel like the challenges right now is that I'm. It's it's all um, mental in my head that I'm almost done. And so I'm getting a little more used to the idea of just not having enough. Um, and I would like to just keep going. I'd like if I, you know, I don't want it to be me that that's the reason that I'm, um, that this is all ending. I, I mean, I'd like to help it if I can. Yeah. One thing I want to mention too, um, is you can take calcium and magnesium during like when you start to ovulate through when you actually start to get your period. Um, cause that can really help regulate, um, uh, that dip, that temporary dip that sometimes happens. So I have an article on my website about that. And so we'll post that in the, um, in the links section on the on this episode's page. So that way, if anyone's wondering what the dosage, the recommended dosage is for that, so that way it doesn't temporarily dip, we'll, we'll have that online. Um, Jen, how about you? Um, what are you doing to keep up your supply while back at work? I'm not. That's okay. <laughs> um, well, you're clearly doing I'm something. I'm doing something. Yeah. Um, no, I'm... I, um, I'm really not trying that hard, to be totally honest. I've definitely have had, um, the supply has been an issue for a while now, and I've sort of accepted that it's an issue. Um, And not an issue in the sense that it's something I have to do about it. It's an issue in the sense of there has to be a formula sort of kept in the the house for for those situations, and I'm just okay with it. Um, I just, I feel like with two... um, I'm just still trying to figure out the balance and I'm not sleeping that well and uh, because um, both of them have been sick at different times and um, and they're just both not sleeping that well. So I, I'm sort of just allowing myself to not have to stress about it um, and just to let it be. Um, I had a reflection just recently um, where I was thinking about nursing Fiona, my first, um, and how much she needed to nurse how much she loved nursing um and it was this sort of really nice experience where um she would come to me to nurse and then she would settle in in this way that was like she didn't want to leave like this was her Mm -hmm. spot that she wanted to be at and my second Bryson doesn't have that he just it I it doesn't feel the same it doesn't feel like he's settling in it feels like he's just trying to get what he needs and then move on um it doesn't feel like it's bringing him this comfort that he needs uh that with Fiona and Fiona still she puts her hand in my armpits Mm -hmm. and she just kind of wiggles her fingers around in there and um and has to do this on a regular basis all throughout the day and we have a similar issue where she when she has nails she has to go mommy mommy I'll be careful I'll be careful mommy I'll be really gentle that's how she says it um and um and Bryson just he he doesn't have the same need um he he sort of seems like he's got this inner confidence and and um, and he's really comfortable. So even though I the breastfeeding is still very important to me, and I'll and I'll keep it up as long as I possibly can. Um, I just I don't feel I don't feel like um, he's going to be missing out if the supply stops and it yeah. ends. How about you, Cherry? I think Callie sounds like Fiona. <laughs> 
I think she, I mean, we haven't started solid yet, so we'll see what happens when, when we do and how that changes. But she definitely um, you know, wants to keep going. And I'm very grateful that I'm not really doing anything different now um, to keep my supply up than I was than I was doing before. I kind of got myself into a bit of a sort of routine and regimen with having, um, you know, a huge ginormous bowl of whole grown oats or steel cut oats for breakfast in the morning, trying to drink as much water as I can. Um, I used to take fenugreek every day and then I kind of just eased off a little bit just to see if that even made a difference. And I think I've just really been blessed with um, with having, I say blessed now because most of the downsides of the oversupply have gone away. If you'd asked me a couple months ago, I definitely would have said cursed to have um, my supply. But I just, I feel grateful and I try and remember that it's a good thing even when there's some negative side effects that come along with it just because um, of how many women don't have, you know, don't have enough. And so I don't really have to do anything. I think the one thing that I do have to do is just remind myself that I'm doing all of the right things. I'm doing all of these things that are working for me. Um, when I say the right things, they're, they're, they're right for me. They're working for me and for my body right now. And so sometimes I'm tempted to change something and to stop. And I have to remind myself not to because it's been getting really hard at work to keep up the pumping. I pump twice a day. I would say about 80% of the time. Every now and then I only pump once. And it's hard. It's really hard to find the time. I've been super busy and I'm tempted to just cut one of those pumping sessions out because I think, well, I have so much milk anyway that what difference does it make if I cut out that one, you know, that one session? And then I think, well, but maybe I have so much milk because I'm continuously continuously doing this. And if I cut out that one session, what's that going to do to my supply? Eventually my body's going to adjust and maybe I won't have enough milk, especially now that Callie's intake is is much higher. You know, if she was only taking four or five ounces a day, I could definitely have cut one. But now that she's up to 10 or 11 in a day, um, I, I couldn't pump that much without pumping as many times as I as I do. So that's something that I have to, you know, keep, keep reminding myself. And at the same time, if a day goes by where I just can't get to pump twice, I don't beat myself up about it. Um, there's always plenty of milk left over from previous days in the fridge. Once or twice a week, I'll go through and see what's in there and freeze it. And I've actually never, ever dipped into my freezer. I don't think I've ever taken a full bag out for myself. And in fact, I've just been donating that milk um, every time the freezer gets gets full. So hopefully if I just keep doing what I'm doing, it'll keep working. Cool. Um, hey, Dawn, what, what tips would you recommend for keeping up a supply um, when going back to work? And do you recommend any foods or vitamins to your mamas? Um, the number one thing that I recommend is that kind of what you you all have have settled on, and and that is just really taking time for yourself and making sure that you remember that you are a large part of this breastfeeding relationship, and also for keeping keeping up with the breastfeeding is honoring where you are and what your body's going through, and um, if it's something is stressing you out. Um, that then something needs to change and um i think that that has i think the greatest impact that i've seen is that the the the, either the acceptance or removing the stress um because if you're going back to work and it's just nothing but stress 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 uh and trying to keep up your supply and trying to breastfeed and that it's no longer all that it could be for you 
on your and then and then you're not going to necessarily meet your goals of however long you wanted to breastfeed so being able to just settle in and and do that um I think the the keeping yourself well nourished is really just all around is really important um and um if you really want to keep up your supply, making sure you're doing those pumping times sometimes during the day. Um, it doesn't necessarily all have to be at work because like babies reverse cycle. You can do uh, what Annie is doing and, and pump at different times during the day. And I think that you you're all have um, great great things that work for you. And try different different strategies out. Something's not working, then try something else. Cool, so, cool. Yeah. All right, ladies. So it seems like you are in this final stretch towards meeting your personal breastfeeding goals. And do you think that you may go beyond a year? Or how are you staying motivated to at least getting to that year is your goal? Um, Cherry, we'll start with you on this one. Yeah, I. Um, it's funny because when you said, you know, kind of nearing the end of reaching my goal, I feel like my, I, I had said many goals to myself along the way. I think my first goal was just like, let's just get through today. <laughs> At the very beginning, it was like a one-day goal. And then kind of the next next kind of step I saw from there was I wanted to make it to six months, um, thinking that that was when I was going to start solids, which we never did. And then the next goal, which is where I'm working now, is towards one year. But I think in the back of my head, my personal goal was always to make it to two years and even beyond and kind of get to a point even where, where Dawn's at right now and have it be eventually something where – um, Kelly makes that decision or it's both of us kind of, you know, doing it at the same, at the same time. And so I feel, I feel really great about that. I think, um, at the same time, just knowing that I'm doing everything that I can right now and trying to stay calm and just letting it go however it does naturally, um, is what's working best for me. Because I found that when I was stressing about it and Dawn also kind of alluded to this in terms of just stress affecting your supply, but, when I, when I stress about it, when I have any stress going on in my life, it really negatively impacts me. It impacts our breastfeeding relationship and it impacts my supply. And so just really taking it day by day. So I'm going to be super excited to get to my one-year point. But for me personally, I'm definitely hoping to go um, above and beyond and, and for, you know, for as long as I can. And I remember when that, that um, controversial, I say controversial, it wasn't really controversial for me, but for everybody else, the Time magazine cover came out with um, the mom nursing her her child, who I think it was about three, and I had a couple of friends who turned to me, and I was pregnant at the time, and they said, that's not going to be you, is it? You're not going to be that mom nursing, you know, a three-year-old or a four-year-old. And at the time, I said to them, I was like, you know, we'll, we'll just see whatever happens. I have no plans. But in my head, I'm thinking to myself, that's totally going to be me. <laughs> so, we'll see. We'll see. Um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that that's, that that's the case. Um, and I'll probably be sad if Kelly decides to end that a lot sooner. But if it's Kelly's decision and not, not me, then I'll be happy with whatever works out, I hope. Cool. How about you, Annie? How, is your goal still a year? Are you pushing beyond? And regardless, how are you? How are you getting to that goal? What keeps you motivated? No, I think the goal for me is a year. And I feel like that um, I have senioritis, definitely. <laughs> but again, I was thinking about this morning that it's all in my head. If I knew that I was going to stay for two, then I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm halfway there. But that has just hasn't been my goal. Um, same thing, my sisters, both of my sisters on the same day, the two oldest in the family said, you're not going to be one of those moms that like breastfeeds until you're, they can talk and walk and, and until they're two. And I looked at them like, what do you care? <laughs> back off and, and it doesn't matter Bes besides of what I wanted to do what I want to do 
I all of a sudden just immediately just got, well, maybe I want to be until they're three. So back off. <laughs> and it, it was just this, it, you know, step out of my decision and yeah. just let me be because I, and I'm also sensitive to it because it's a, it's a hard work. And, and it's work that I want to keep doing. So all of a sudden I felt this like pressure to just stop. Um, but yeah, so 12 months has been my goal. And, when, and I think when I get there, that's when I'll see what happens. Okay. Sounds good. How about you, Jen? Yeah, I think um, I was just thinking about uh, the last thing that Annie said in terms of, I for me, I think what works really well um, is just to let, let it happen the way it happens. And I trust... Um, that I'm going to do everything I need to do and, and I can do as a, as a as mom and as someone who wants to provide support for my child. Um, and then my, my, my children have their own little personalities and desires and I'm just going to go with it. And when um, Bryson really is not connecting anymore and doesn't feel like he wants to breastfeed anymore, then I'll let it go. So I don't really have any strong, I, I'd never set a goal in terms of I want to breastfeed until this amount of time. Um, I just want to breastfeed until it doesn't make sense anymore. So it still makes sense. Um, even though he's just getting a little bit, it's totally fine. Um, it seems to be enough. So cool. That's awesome. Um, Dawn, do you, I know you've breastfed into toddlerhood. And so what kept you going? And did you feel like there were certain times that you needed a pep talk to keep going? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One, I I have to admit the main thing that has kept me going is that my um, son has severe allergies. So he um, can't have dairy or soy. And so I've been on dairy-free, soy-free diet for two years. um, But very strictly for two years and um for me it's that uh he every time he gets something that he shouldn't have he goes through not a nursing strike but a food strike so he will refuses solid foods and um the only things that right i mean he's a very big boy he's got some I mean he, I'm not worried about his growth but <laughs> so he he's he's always had some food issues so that has always been a comfort to me so that I know that he's getting what he needs um and now that we have it a little more under control um you know I feel that it's it's good in, in terms of needing the pep talk there are definitely times where I I'm sitting there with no sleep and um, wondering what on earth I'm still doing this for. <laughs> yeah, g- going back and remembering my own advice that I too am a part of this relationship. That um, although I I really try to to do what he needs and um, all of that, I I need to remember that I need to do what I need as well. And I think that is one of the things that has helped me um, continue. I've multiple times said, <coughs> if I'm, excuse me, <coughs> I've multiple times have said that if I'm going to continue this, it has to be more on my terms mm-hmm. instead of all of his terms. And I think that has been the thing that has helped me to come back to it and, and know um, it's it's such a wonderful relationship. And I, I really do love doing it. And uh, there are times where I'm, thinking, oh, I wish that I could just have my body back. But then there are other times when I actually think about not breastfeeding anymore, where I just, I'm like, oh, I don't, 
I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready for that. You know, it's harder when when we think that this is our last baby and I'm not going to be breastfeeding anybody else. So um, having that come to a close has has kept you going, kept me going. So, yeah. All right, ladies. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experiences breastfeeding your babies during their ninth month of life. And thanks, Dawn, for being our our guest host, our guest um, expert as well. Um, And if you are one of the Boob Group Club members, this interview isn't over for you, as Annie, Jen, and Cherry will be discussing what it's like for them to breastfeed a nine-month-old in public. If you would like to learn more about the Boob Group Club, check out our website at theboobgroup.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah Baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Before we end today's show, here's Wendy Wright with a breastfeeding tip for the working mom. Hi, Boob Group listeners. I'm Wendy Wright, an internationally board-certified lactation consultant and owner of Lactation Navigation in Palo Alto, California. I'm here to answer some of your most common questions about returning to work as a breastfeeding mother, such as, what are the rules for milk storage? Milk storage is a difficult concept. Um, We pump during the day, and then we need to store our milk in order to provide it the next day for our infants. Let me summarize a general guideline for milk storage. Room temperature milk can be stored for up to 10 hours at room temperature. Milk is very, very stable. If you know you're going to be near a refrigerator, if you have refrigeration available, of course that's a better alternative than room temperature. However, sometimes on the work site, um, refrigeration is not available. Maybe you forgot your ice pack that day. I just want you to know that it will be stable for up to 10 hours so you'll not have to throw it away throughout the day as you pump. I also would like to let you know that in the refrigerator, milk can be kept up to eight days. Again, if we know we're going to freeze it soon, let's get it in the freezer right away. But if you find a bottle of milk in your refrigerator that's three or four days old, feel 100% certain that you can absolutely feed that to your baby. Room temperature, 10 hours, refrigeration, eight days. And then in the freezer, up three to four months. So keep in mind, we avoid storing our milk in the door of the freezer and try to have it back in the center where the temperature varies less and where it is colder. And again, three to four months, all bags should be labeled with the Sharpie date of pumping, and that way you'll know exactly when that milk is expired. Containers to use for milk storage can be plastic or glass. Um, They can be hard-sided or soft-sided, well-fitting tops, or the freezer milk bags are excellent, um, offered by many different brands. It's best to freeze milk flat in the bottom of your freezer, and then you can stand it up like a deck of cards, and it will take a lot less space in each of your freezer or refrigerator areas. In order to warm milk, simply thaw or warm it under running water, Swirl gently to combine the low-fat and the high-fat milk. And remember, never use a microwave on breast milk. The last thing I'd like to mention is a storage schedule that you can work in to your daily pumping routine. 
For example, Sunday night, pull milk out of the freezer and thaw it overnight for a baby to drink on Monday when you're not together. Monday, pump milk to provide to the baby on Tuesday by simply refrigerating overnight. Tuesday's milk that is pumped feeds the baby on Wednesday. Wednesday's milk feeds baby on Thursday. Thursday's milk feeds baby on Friday. And then Friday's milk is brought home, packaged and frozen, breastfeed all weekend directly from the breast. And then again, Sunday night, you can take your oldest milk out of your freezer and provide it for the baby on Monday morning. This way, baby's only receiving frozen milk once a week. Fresh is best, if at all possible. And we're not only rotating our refrigerator, but our freezer supply. Also need to mention that once milk is thawed from the freezer, it can be refrigerated for up to 24 hours and must be consumed within 24 hours, otherwise it should be discarded. I hope you found that helpful. Thanks so much for listening. Visit www.lactationnav.com for more great information about my business, Lactation Navigation. And be sure to listen to The Boob Group for fantastic conversations about breastfeeding and breastfeeding support. If you have a question about breastfeeding or parenting that you would like to ask one of our experts, please call our Boob Group hotline at 619-866-4775 and we'll highlight it on an upcoming episode. Thank you to all of our listeners and please make sure to check out our sister shows, Preggy Pals, for all of your pregnancy needs and Parent Savers, our show for parents who have zero to three-year-olds. Coming up next week, we'll be discussing breastfeeding toddlers, managing the circus, part two. Thanks for listening to The Boob Group, your judgment-free breastfeeding resource. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.